TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Get in the pole position in Indy. The pole's position. It's time for pole's position. The Bears have the number one pick in the 2023 NFL draft. The Chicago Bears are on the clock. What will Ryan Poles do with the number one pick? We're going to evaluate the draft class, and I would say this, I'd have to be absolutely blown away. We're counting down the days to the NFL draft. How about the number one pick with the Bears? Are you ready for people to start questioning whether you're the, the quarterback of the Chicago Bears next I mean, year? I am. I would trade Justin Fields. I'm Justin Fields all the way. I love the kids. What I'm hearing out of Chicago is they're finna package him up, trade him for some other pieces, and then go with the Bryce kid from Alabama. Wow, I did not know that. That's a good, that's a good old insight right there. There's many things you can do. Uh, trade um, back. Yeah, a trade back. So, um, he likes that'll picks. Be a, that'll be a Twitter <laughs> The Bears would be absolutely insane yeah. to trade you. Put your pom-poms down in Chicago, Justin Fields. He's not a star. Poles position with Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score. The Parkins and Spiegel Show, afternoons on The Score. Every day at this time, talking Bears offseason. The offseason runs through Chicago, trying to get inside the mind of Ryan Poles. It's also franchise tag deadline day in the NFL, and we just had some news. The Giants will be using their franchise tag on Saquon Barkley. So add him to the list of running backs, uh, along with Tony Pollard and Josh Jacobs, who got franchise tagged. Because Daniel Jones has signed a contract extension with the Giants. Four years, $160 million with up to $35 million more in incentives. It just came up in transition mere moments ago that when you pay a quarterback a massive pile of money, he better be worth it. Because if he's not, you can be in hell just a couple of years later. So good luck to the Giants. Nice year for Daniel Jones. Congrats to him. Yeah. But, you know. Six fourth quarter comebacks. They overachieved this year. I wonder if it's like the Geno Smith deal where it's like he, he gets the money, there's a commitment. But realistically, you know, the Seahawks could probably get out of it a year into the deal. Right. Geno Smith made $17 million in his career before this deal. will make $52 million in the first year of this right, deal. Right, so, but a very front-loaded yep. deal so the Seahawks can move on after the year and still draft a quarterback if they wanted to. Joining us now from uh, NFL.com is at the Combine, covers the league and the draft, Eric Edholm with us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. What's up, Eric? Yeah, a lot to talk about. What's going on? Oh, yeah, man, so much to talk about. So I'm just kind of curious, uh, before we dive into some combine stuff and draft stuff, how you think the quarterback market with the veterans affects the potential trade market for the Bears, if you do at all? Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the Lamar Jackson news is fascinating, right? He gets tagged. 
with the non-exclusive tag, which, you know, theory, theoretically opens the door for another team to come in. And to me, paying two first-rounders for, for what he's become, I don't think is a steep price at all, especially when you look at, you know, the, the overpay for Russell Wilson or whatever. I mean, geez, I, I think this is, you know, almost inviting teams to kind of set the market there a little bit. So depending on whether he leaves or not, uh, you know, you obviously have this musical chairs game with quarterbacks and trying to figure out who lands where. We know about Derek Carr. We don't know about Aaron Rodgers. Is he moving on? Is he going to New York? Is, he, is there another team in, possibly in the mix? You know, we've already heard that Atlanta's not looking at Jackson. So are they looking at somebody other veteran? Is there? Are they going to just roll with with Desmond Ritter? It's hard to say. So. Does it? Does it? Are there fewer teams that that want quarterbacks through the draft, or are these same clubs that we've been talking about—Houston, Indy, Carolina, others—you know, you presumably they're all kind of still in the mix. I think. Would you uh, exclude Seattle from drafting a quarterback, or is it still conceivable they could draft and stash somebody like uh, and the toolsy Anthony Richardson is only twenty, while Geno plays the first year and maybe more? Oh, you should have seen Pete Carroll's face when I asked him that very question. I said, look, okay, here's the scenario. Let's say you re-sign Gino, you know, beyond just a one-year, you know, a multiple-year deal. Are you still in the quarterback market given the fact that you have this, I guess, luxury pick, if you will, this extra first-rounder and a high one to boot? And before I could even finish the question, oh, yeah, we are invested in this quarterback class. We are looking very hard at it. So, whether that was a smokescreen or not, I don't know. It's hard to tell sometimes, but they seem like it. I think the more reasonable approach would be like a, a Hendon Hooker type where kind of style-wise, he's similar to Geno. He's coming off the ACL, a little bit older too. And it's kind of a hedge where you're, you know, halfway going young, but halfway not too, in the sense that Hooker isn't your typical 22 or 23-year-old rookie. So, and, you know, he's got a timetable that's going to keep him out of activity for, you know, the next four or five, six months, whatever. So I could see them going that route and they wouldn't use a first round pick on Hen and Hooker. I think that's probably more likely. But boy, if, if Richardson were somehow still there, like if, if a team hasn't traded up for him by that point, they'd have to think long and hard about it. Uh, that Hendon Hooker uh, draft in the stash makes a little sense as a backup for Justin Fields, too, depending on how low he goes. But it, 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 how many quarterbacks do you think are going to go in like the top six, Eric, if you had to guess at, at the way it's trending and the way the league has gone in previous drafts? Yeah, we had that draft, the field draft, if you will, where five went in the top 15. We could get four higher than the four we had in that draft. You know, Justin was the fourth guy. He went, what, 11th, I want to say. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I could see four going above the 11th pick. Now, we, I don't think we'll have that fifth quarterback in round one, but, you know, it, it shows you that probably last year where Kenny Pickett was the only quarterback taken in the top you know, 70 some odd selections, that's going to probably, at least for the, the time being, be more of an outlier in terms of what you can expect out of a quarterback draft class. More often than not these days, I think you're going to see closer to what we'll have this year where four go at least in the top 10, I think, but maybe even top seven or eight. So we're talking to Eric Edholm here. Um, Peter King had a hell of a quote from Ryan Poles uh, on Monday morning quarterback where he said, you know, that he knows that he can get 
first-round picks in 2024 and 2025 in addition to the draft compensation he would get from this year for trading down. So that's obviously trading below Indy at at four. It had us thinking, like, let's call it Carolina uh, Mm -hmm. at at nine, Eric, as a hypothetical. Uh, First of all, are you buying that? It's it's poker season, right? (laughs) So you got to come in bold and, you know, acting like you're – you know, kind of holding all the cards, so to speak. I don't know, but I guess it wouldn't stun me depending on how will, low they're willing to drop, right? Obviously, the farther down they go, the the more the additional compensation goes up. So, you know, I don't know. If, if you're just flipping picks with Houston, is that happening? I don't think so. If you're going to four, maybe the Colts are desperate enough to do something. They might want something back. You know, you may have to give up another pick back. I don't know how I didn't read the exact quote, so it's hard to know exactly. You know, sometimes you have to kind of read between the lines on those things. Like semantically, yes, he could get that second first rounder in addition to this year's, but I don't know if they'll, they'll have to give up a little something else like a second or something for sure from Chicago. So I don't know. Maybe, I mean, Carolina, look, you know, I would say Indian Carolina feel like the two, if not desperate teams, very highly motivated teams with owners who really want to kind of put the spurs to their GMs in terms of, Hey, we are getting a quarterback, right? This is going to, this is the time. So those are the two that feel most likely to pay up, I think. Okay. So let, let's just say that that is what's going to happen. That he's going to trade into that range. And he will have first-round picks then in the next two years. It strikes me that the logic might be, I'm going to then draft offense with, we'll call it the ninth pick, and I'm going to try to support Justin Fields. And then if it doesn't work, if Fields doesn't take that year three leap, year two in the system, I've uh-huh. got two, two first-round picks in 24 where I can trade up and take a quarterback or two first-round picks in 25 to trade up and draft a quarterback. So that that yeah. strikes me as the potential logic there. So if it was nine, and if you were drafting offense, in your mind, Eric Edholm, is that top receiver in the draft, top tackle in the draft? Who's the best offensive player we should be talking about at nine if that's what Ryan Poles' strategy is? This, this may feel like a stretch, um, and maybe by April it won't. I don't know. Uh, because I don't think anybody coming into this weekend was talking about this this guy I'm going to mention as a possible top 15 or 20 pick. Maybe it would, maybe people were, but I don't know that it was the the prevailing wisdom. But if if teams feel good about Jackson Smith and Jigba's health and feel that his 40 time is going to be reasonable, I don't think he's like blazing fast. So you got to set your expectations right on that. Assuming he does run at Ohio state's pro day, Um, you know, it's a place where there's been a fast track in the past and all that, but still he's the guy who I think has the best potential, the best all around package to become a star receiver in this class. Is he worth the ninth pick? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to miss an entire season and, and virtually an entire season. I think he played three games or whatever, but you know, that's, that's a tough sell. But then again, look, you know, Micah Parsons sat out an entire year and it was, has been a game record. You know, Jamar Chase sat out an entire season. He did just fine so far for the Bengals. So I can get over that part as long as health is not a big part of the, the, the concern there. He, to me, 
especially after seeing his agility drills and how he worked through, you know, the receiver stuff as well, looks like the guy who has the best potential to become, you know, Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. Do I really think he's on that level? No, but I think he's probably more of a shiftier guy than that and less of a game breaker, but still, I, I find him fascinating and, you know, he and Fields have a connection from mm-hmm. from Ohio State. Not a not a huge one, but a but a notable one for sure. All right, same scenario that Danny just said. Bears drop down to nine. Yeah, but instead of offense, they think we like an edge rusher or defensive lineman. But maybe it's edge. But we like one of those guys beyond Will Anderson, beyond Jalen Carter. Yeah, we like a defensive player at nine that we feel good enough about with all the other picks that we're getting, who might it be? Who do you like there? It's a tougher sell because I don't know that Tyree Wilson makes it to nine. He didn't work out at the combine. So there may be a little bit of a question. He missed, you know, part of last season as well. So there is a, you know, kind of an injury slash testing question about him, but you know, I know the bears like him. I don't know that, but I feel like I know that just based on information I've gathered over the last week or so, they met with him twice down in Indy. He seems to fit that long, freaky athletic mold that Eberflus wants. So that's a name, but is he there at nine? I don't I don't know. Atlanta at eight would have to be one you watch, depending on what Seattle does. He's their type of guy as well. That's, you know, maybe 50-50 that he'd be available. If it's not him, the only defensive position I think that would be worth taking in that range is probably a corner. Uh, it's a good class for corners, and you have to decide – you know, do we love the first or second corner off the board better than we do the fifth or sixth in the second round or something like that? So that's that's going to be a debate, and maybe they can even move down from there, possibly. But yeah, that's it's a little your options. I guess Lucas Van Ness would be one you'd have to consider, not just because he's you know from Barrington, but uh, the fact that. He could be the next in the great line of, of, of defensive linemen at Iowa. And they, you know, I think we've just sort of seen what he can do, like the surface of what he can do last season and would be an upside player that, that could be worth that one day. Eric Edholm from NFL.com lives in Chicago. He's been around here for a long time. So he understands the value of us getting to have a glass of red wine with Dave Wanstead at four o'clock on a Thursday, Eric, and have him explain the color coding system via text that he got from the guy who invented the color coding system or the son of the guy, I guess it was. Yeah. Um, so blue players and then orange players. Yeah. And I forget what the order, but you, you've heard about this, of course. Um, so if blue is the absolute best blue chip players in the draft, how many of them are in this draft? Do you think like how low does it go Yeah. Um, into the first round where you still feel like you're getting a blue player? That's a good question. Um, and there's there's probably two no-doubters. Assuming that Jalen Carter's, you know, uh, off-field questions are answered, right? And there was, a, you know, he was obviously had to be sent home from the combine and then brought back and, you know, he bonded out and everything like that. Assuming that teams feel comfortable with all that and there aren't, you know, uh, bigger chargers or more chargers or other background stuff that comes out, got to put him in that category. Anderson as well. I think both guys are, are clear blue chip players. I don't think you can say that with Byron Young because of the size questions. So, you know, I know, you know, quarterback has been put to the side now in Chicago, but, you know, if we're just having the, the draft discussion, I don't know that he makes it. 
I don't know that any of the other quarterbacks that you can definitively say go in that group. There's, there's not that true sort of Andrew Luck, Trevor Lawrence type of prospect in this year's class, but there are a lot of ones who could be that good. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know that the list is super long right now. Uh, same size questions kind of exist for, for, you know, Peter Skaronsky could be a really, really good offensive lineman out of Northwestern, but the arm length and, and whether he's a guard or a tackle, that would probably limit him in some regards to B. John Robinson, the running back from Texas. I'd put him in there. I think he's a blue chip player. Um, you know, if, if Smith and Jigbo had completed a full season, we saw him, more teams than not might put him in that discussion, but yeah, it's, it's not a super long list this year. I think it's more of the just below that level kind of draft. So, okay. That's interesting because that's going to inform how far he'll trade down. But you said you think four quarterbacks could go in the top 10. We know that Will Anderson is going to go in the top 10. Do you, let's just do this quickly. Do you think Jalen Carter's going in the top 10? I, when it's all said and done, I do. Yeah. Okay. So that's so that's six, uh, because obviously, like you wouldn't need for Ryan Poles, you wouldn't need the blue players, quote unquote, to be quarterbacks because you're not drafting a quarterback because you've got Justin Fields. So Bears go down right. to the Raiders at seven, confirmed. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? So that's but 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 he but Eric's saying four in the top ten, so that could be seven, yeah, or, or the, right or eight to, yeah. to Atlanta. Those those count as top ten picks. All right, Ted, uh, t- take the confirmation off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But so, all right, so, so, but so, who's who's next? Like, who who else are you willing to say today on March seventh is a top ten pick? Tyree Wilson. Yeah, I think he's in there. I think at least one of the corners. Either, you know, I'd love. I wish you know Devin Witherspoon's gonna gonna have the height questions and the size questions. He's not a big player. He's kind of like Trent McDuffie last year went to the Chiefs, and I think they got him at twenty one. I suspect it's gonna be something similar. So I don't think he's quite in that mix. But Christian Gonzalez, Joey Porter Jr. Of course, his dad was with the Steelers for years and Dolphins and whatnot. I mean, this, he's a really talented young corner. So those two would would be top ten candidates. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Who am I forgetting here? Maybe Paris one of the Johnson? offensive tackles. Yeah, could be Paris or Broderick or or Skaronsky. One of those guys could fit into the back end of the top ten right there. Yep. Okay. Well, because it just. I mean, what's the lowest you could see the Bears trading then? Hmm. Good question. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think for so long we've talked about like nine is the floor. I don't know that's the case, but. I also haven't heard directly from the Bears on that, so I don't feel like I have a great idea whether they could go off the board completely and say, you know, like, for instance, when uh, I think it was the Jared Goff year, the, the Rams traded from 1 to 15. That was considered like a, whoa, that's a big jump down. But I think it was indicative of that particular draft, which may end up being similar, which is, yeah, maybe there are only four or five blue chip guys. And if you can't find that perfect landing spot and you're willing to take more future assets to get a very good player at 15, but not maybe an exceptional one, why wouldn't you do it? I don't know. I would I would consider it. If you don't feel confident that you're going to lock in one of those guys that are sure, close to sure things, you know, then maybe the better route is to move down even farther and hope one of your top 10 guys slips to the 15 range or wherever, you know, I mean, somewhere in the middle of the first round. Do, do you have just to go to the pro side of it for a minute? Free agency opens eight days from now. Like if you had to say the bears with the most cap space, I am most positive. They are going to sign fill in the blank player. 
I'll say Javon Hargrave from the Eagles. How about that? My yeah, guy. I think, they, I think D-line is a, is a big one. I mean, that's a, I'd like to see them get a tack, offensive tackle too, I think. But I would say Hargrave makes a lot of sense just from a, boy, you know, your, your defensive back is your, your leading sacker right now. You don't really know exactly what you have. May, you may end up drafting to help that, that line up front, but why not give an inside penetrator who was part of one of the best sacking units that we've seen since the, the mid-'80s Bears? So, yeah, I think the Eagles would, I don't know, say they've, they've assumed he's going to walk, but I don't think they believe that they can afford him. So he's, I think he's going to hit the market, and I think he's going to get a good deal from somebody. Chicago figures to be on that list, I think. Is David Montgomery the best running back on the free agent market now, Eric? <laughs> Good question. Yeah, we, yeah, like you mentioned, all those guys that have already been tagged. And, yeah, it depends what you think of Joe Mixon, I guess, if he's, he's going to be let go. You know, I, I maybe like Montgomery a little bit better. Um, but, yeah, he's got to be in that mix. If not one, then, you know, a very good second, probably. Yeah, Miles Sanders, something like that. Sanders is three. good. Yeah, he's a good player, but he's kind of always been in a in a rotation where we, we've at least seen David be as close to a lead back as there might be these days, not named, you know, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, whatever. I saw a, a mock draft today. I forget which one had Bijan. Uh, Robinson, the running back, yep. going to the Eagles to give them another I mean, a, another weapon for, for the right. Eagles. So they, they let Sanders go and then bring in Bijan as a luxury first-round <laughs> draft pick. Uh, they took a nose tackle at 13 last year. Everyone says they will never draft a running back in round one. Well, just because they haven't doesn't mean that they couldn't. And if you're ever going to do it, it's going to be in a situation like this where you can – let a free agent go, have it help your compensatory pick formula for next year, mm-hmm. take an upgrade and, and, and get a player who could be special. I mean, I don't know that he's quite Saquon Barkley in terms of size and explosiveness, but he's not too far off. I'd say he's in that same kind of neighborhood. Where do you think Justin Fields would have been drafted if there was a combine that year? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good question. I don't <laughs> Yeah, would he have had an Anthony Richardson-like bump, right? I guess that's the question we have to ask. Like, would he have shown up and had the flashy numbers? You know, he didn't have quite the size and, and dimensions that uh, that Richardson did, and I don't know what his jumping ability is and all that. I don't think it matters that much. But, but he would have run a 4-4. He would have run a 4-4. And, you know, on some level, that's going to – and that's the thing. When coming into the week, I was asking a few people because Richardson was like the, you know, the, the sort of the the white whale or whatever. Like, what's he going to do? And they said, all right, he's going to be in about the two thirty five range, two forty, and he's going to run high four fours. Well, he was a little bigger and a little faster. And that's you know, if you come in with certain expectations and Fields beats him, that that could give him that kind of buzz. I, I didn't even think about that. That's a really good question, but I think he probably would have helped himself a little bit. And maybe uh, Zach Wilson's sense of entitlement would have been revealed <laughs> through multiple <laughs> interviews at the Combine. Uh, oh, yeah. The, the Combine, the, the behind closed doors, whether it's the medical or the interviews, I think that's the real – that's where we find out what the Combine means because that, that ends up having a big effect. It's just kind of wild like that the Bears might have lucked into Justin Fields because kind of, of COVID. I don't know. I heard Eric say that there was a fast track at Ohio State. It sounded like a guy who doesn't trust Justin Fields 4-4 time. 
right there. <laughs> Maybe he's a four four three guy. How about that? <laughs> I'm just saying. I saw him run twenty one <laughs> miles an hour multiple times on an NFL field. Still seems fast. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Unbelievable athlete. Yeah. Eric Edholm, thanks for answering our call, man. Appreciate you. You got it. Have a great day, guys. Thanks, All Eric. Right. That's Eric Edholm. Oh, and then by the way, he runs a four four four. Right. Oh yeah. There is that. Oh, by the way, I mean, if Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Jigba is as good as all of the Ohio State guys say he is, yeah. it would be really, really exciting. Because Crystal, I believe it was Olave. It might have been Garrett Wilson, but I'll find the quote. Like, yeah, he's he was the best of all of us, and those guys were all in the same wide receiver room. So if he's better than Crystal Olave, I would take him at nine. Yeah, and yeah. And just be like, oh, cool. Now the Bears have a number one receiver and multiple extra first-round picks into the future. It'd be great. It'd be pretty exciting. It it, it would be really exciting as long as there were, you know, multiple picks. And by then we'll know what they do in free agency. How about Javon Hargrave? Let's go. Javon Hargrave and uh, Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, Mike McGlinchey would play right tackle. Yeah, so get a right right tackle and a nose tackle. I think Braxton Jones is going to be their guy. Like, the more that they've talked about it, every time Poles talks about it, he's just... He's proud of him. He's proud of him is exactly right. So, and and I think that, you know, among all those draft picks, you know, he's going to feel like Braxton is his find. Like, he found his Charles Leno to have a really good, solid left tackle career in the fifth round. He's going to feel good about that. You have expanded your weird collection. You will be sharing with the class. That's coming up. We will get to Bob Nightingale's White Sox story uh, at 4 o'clock. Lots more to do. Speaks his 18th favorite. Excuse me, 17th. What am I talking about? 17th favorite baseball player. <laughs> you forgot Aramis Ramirez just my, like that. My bad. That's coming up in an hour and 20 minutes. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I don't know what's going on with any of it. Afternoons on the score. So, so Matt Spiegel is emptying out his kitchen on the air for us. Texter writes it. How is this show not number one? <laughs> it's an excellent question. We're coming for you, Wojo. I mean, it worked last time, so we're going back to the well. Thanks to Eric Edholm for coming on. Speaks came in with a bag today and said, I want to talk about this bag. Yeah. And I was like, all right, what's in the bag? He's like, I'll tell you on air. So, yeah, so we had a listener who heard um, has heard me talking about ridiculous kitchen items before. Yeah. And they got in touch. The Inspired Home Show, which is the global home and housewares market show over at McCormick Place. So they invited me over, and I went today, and I got to say, my first thought was McCormick Place, pretty big. Can't get anything past you, man. Kind of large, man. Yeah. My God, I got my steps in over there. I mean, it's it's where they put uh, the auto show. Yeah, they fit um, all the cars in cars. there. Cars. Cars are big. They can fit some dishes. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, Maybe they got a lot of kitchen appliances in yeah. this place where they normally host cars. Um, my second thought was, man, I really should have brought Shane with me. Mm. So next year. He doesn't even say hi to you on the street. You think he's going to hang out with you at a Well, convention? I said hi to him. I just didn't want to walk with him. Yeah. Oh, right. No, so would I, you have walked with him at McCormick Place? Also, I don't want all these kitschy kitchen appliances. No, but Shane, they I have, have a knife. They had they had everything. <laughs> yeah, you did. They had like incredible amounts of cookware and there's like other design stuff and incredible amounts of cutting boards and stuff. There's a dude, there was the coolest convertible grill that would be great for a a tailgate that I've ever seen. And uh, I got that guy's card. He said he's going to send me a sample. So we got it. We we can use that. A sample of a grill? Yeah, he's going to give me the grill. He's going to send me the grill as a sample. Look at you. Yeah, no, I'm no, trying. That's Shane's bit, getting grills, <laughs> accumulating them. What the hell do you think bit. you're doing, man? Who do you, th- <laughs> who do you think I'm going to give it to? What, I, I, I'm not going to keep it. My condo? Give it to Shane. I have it, grills already. I've got a beautiful Weber and a beautiful Blackstone that can be taken out to, to, to okay. uh, tailgates. Well, I'll give you one more. You can have this as your seventh grill. I don't want it. How, okay, fine. Well, anyway. I'll take it. 
Anyway, um, so I got a chance to walk around, and there's like there's like ten miles of exhibits over there, right? And that's not what I walked. This is a story about Speaks walking. Yeah, <laughs> but I was able to get some free samples, so I have some items here, and right, what do we got? Some things that are that are possibly up for grabs. This item right here is it has every possible attachment to. Cut garlic any possible way you could want to. You could dice garlic <laughs> with this. You, you can. I just heard Shane's eyes roll. <laughs> yeah, this is basically. Stop. What can this do that a knife cannot? It has. <laughs> it has nothing. It's got uh, the compartment on the bottom. It has the little peeler on the bottom. It's got a little brush. You can mince. You can dice, and you can uh, cut in slices the garlic with this thing. It's Perfect. So like what my fingers and knife do. <laughs> That's very fun. Good okay. for you, man. All right, not not for Shane. Check. Okay, good. All right, you have two of them. Yeah, um, yeah, they gave me two for some reason. This little egg you put in your pot as you're boiling eggs, and it knows the amount of time that you need for either soft-boiled eggs, medium-boiled eggs, or hard-boiled eggs. It plays a song. It plays America the Beautiful when it's time for soft-boiled eggs. It plays Hit the Road Jack for medium-boiled eggs. plays Don't Worry, Be Happy for hard-boiled eggs. Great song. <laughs> so how... Based on the temperature of the water? Temperature of the water. They had, or the, and the time in the, the water? Beep egg. This company had like 30 different kinds of these that played different songs. I have no idea whether there's copyright laws involved. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Right, do they pay for the rights to these songs? There's no way to know. All right, so I can tell you right now, Speaks, that as long as you have a timer, which yeah. every oven has and your phone has, sure. you bring your water up to a boil. Uh -huh. Your egg, if you want soft-boiled, is five minutes. Uh -huh. Medium-boiled, six minutes. Hard-boiled, seven minutes. Oh, and then into an ice mat... You you disagree? Yeah, hard boiled. I do ten. <laughs> There's I do ten. ten, ten You're overcooking right. it. It's possibly it's possible that I do overcook it. Sometimes. God, and then okay. right into an ice bath. Like yeah. you don't need a, a singing egg. I, I actually I do. You might not, but I but I really do. Um, here's some uh, recycled uh, towels. Recycled towels. You can have those. But here's the I'll, one I'm I'll most excited. You want, you want a towel? Uh, we sometimes are low on dish towels. Okay, good. I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll take a dish towel. This is the one that got me all excited. Check it out, Danny. What is it? It's called the buttery, the butter dish reinvented. It is the only butter dish. What's wrong with the first one? It, it's the only butter dish, Shane, that's made with the handle attached to the base. It flips up. You can hold two full sticks or one of those big carry fold bricks, and you keep your butter out for up to three weeks because that's this woman who I met was was preaching about butter at room temperature. That that she's like talk to the FDA trying to get that cleared. Um, with the FDA, but it, I, I have so you don't think butter in the refrigerator you, is bad. You don't need to put butter in the in the refrigerator. It's a scientific fact that it does not need refrigeration. But she was tired of the uh, traditional two-piece butter dish that mm. makes a mess because it does. Uh, no, it, it makes a terrible it? mess. No, it, is is that a, is that plastic? Yes. Okay, so I, I will gladly take my gorgeous ceramic base and glass cover butter dish that I keep on my countertop. Yeah. Okay, so well, you keep your butter on the counter. Yeah, yeah. I, I keep some in the fridge and some on the counter. So do I. Yeah. So do I. What's all with room temperature? <laughs> Great question. But what I'm saying is, no. this is a good fit for me. I'm very excited about that butter dish right there. Wow, looks pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's a so it's, all this, and I'm taking a, a dish towel. Yeah. So far, you have a dish towel, and I'm a, I'm I'm debating whether I'm actually going to give it to you. Ooh. Oh, okay. You like the towel. Sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So there's a singing egg, a garlic dicer. Two of them. Two of them. Yeah, the dicer a and slicer. Just in dish. case you have to dice the garlic with two hands at once, two, two separate cloves. Wow. 
All right. You and Christine going to have garlic dicing competitions it, at home? It, it's, it's possible. There's, we might race. We might race at garlic dicing. But here's the thing I wanted to mention. They do this, which is very cool. 3 o'clock today, the trade show ends, and it's not open to the public. It's just been retailers. But they have all this stuff, this incredible amount of stuff. Today, right now, in the 3 o'clock hour, 300 volunteers gather and they walk through, and several of the companies donate all the products that they've brought here. Instead of keeping them and shipping back, they donate them to Habitat for Humanity, Chicago, for the Salvation Army, for Together We Cope in Tinley Park. Donations to provide houseware items to families in temporary crisis and, and other excellent causes. So I love that many, many of these companies involved, and the show is helping to make it happen, donate all of this kitchen stuff to nonprofits. I think that's a really cool thing at the end of it. Very cool. So you uh, got a bunch of free kitchen appliances. I did. And uh, there's some charity components attached to exactly. it. Exactly. And you're going to chop up some garlic. I, by the end of the show, I will dice, <laughs> slice, and mince some garlic. I think we accomplished something here. Uh, there's also a new way to measure catching, defensive catching in baseball. And it's got local implications on both sides of town. We'll do that before Bob Nightingale's White Sox story coming up at 4. That's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. Everybody, we are live. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Strange twists and turns with the guys over there on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons on the score. We're having a little fun. So we'll talk some White Sox, Bob Nightingale's story coming up. At 4 o'clock, also a big endorsement for Pedro Grafal. One hour from now, speaks his 17th favorite ball player of his last 30 years in Chicago. It's been a lot of fun going down memory lane with that list. We're doing it every day at 445. But you said there's a new measurable for defensive catchers, and that's a, a thing that the game is kind of evolving with right now, especially when we know that Robot umpires are coming in soon so framing is going to be an obsolete skill in the next year or so yes and yet when we talk about catchers there's a bunch of different aspects of it so the folks over at baseball savant who have done incredible work um obviously over the last decade or whatever um came up with a stat cast metric to express the demonstrated skill of catchers at preventing wild pitches or past balls through tracking every single pitch since 2020 okay, via StatCast, they figure out each pitch is assigned a probability of being a pass ball or wild pitch based upon all sorts of inputs and which catchers have done the best. So there's I get into the nitty-gritty, but it doesn't matter. Suffice to say, you can go crazy on this if you want. If you want to watch every pitch that was caught by Sean Murphy of the Oakland A's before the trade to the Braves, you're welcome to to do that. You I wanna... mean, I got plans, but otherwise it was going to be the next thing on my to-do list. You could trust them for the shorthand and look at the best pitchers all the way down, best catchers all the way down to the worst catchers at blocking balls that could be a wild pitch or a pass ball. Number one from last year is Adley Rutschman, the rookie on the Orioles. Number one by a lot. And that makes sense with word of mouth and anecdotal and if you watch that guy he's freaking great at that particular skill apparently via the measurable he is the best in baseball so let's just use it so what should we let's do the chicago catchers yeah and we can start on the cubs compared to wilson Contreras. yeah because wilson Contreras on this list is mm, 
pretty far down. Wilson Contreras is below his brother, William. He is at number 56 of all catchers in MLB at preventing wild pitches or passed balls. Right, cause this, but it's not, this is not an all-encompassing defensive metric. Nope. It's not about the arm or anything like that. No. It's, ju- it's just about preventing wild pitches or passed balls. Right, okay. it's just that component of catching. Okay, um, 56th in baseball for Wilson Contreras. Right, uh, 13th in baseball last year, Tucker Barnhart. 23rd in baseball last year, Jan Gomes. So if the Cubs are perhaps So using, not since 2020, just last year. Right. Okay. If the Cubs are perhaps using their own proprietary metric to look at this, or maybe now they're... They're saying we got better at... At that skill. At that skill. Among anything else. With, with both catchers. Yep. Okay. Um, Where's Yasmani Grandal? Well, before you get to Yasmani Grandal, you get to Sebi Zavala. Sebi Zavala is number 19 on this list. So I don't know if that makes sense to you, the White Sox fans, if you feel like Zavala is that good at blocking potential wild pitches or past balls. Yeah, generally, yeah. I think he showed a lot last year that he can be a dependable number two catcher. He was a positive war player, I believe, last year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he did a nice job uh, filling in for Grandal, who was hurt a lot. Yes. Um, and it's also that- by comparison to Grandal, he looked elite back there. Yes, he did. Right, like I mean, because it, that it felt like a huge upgrade. But I mean, that that would suggest he's just slightly above average among you know starting catchers in baseball. Um, Not yeah, that he was a starter. Although this has all the backups mixed in. Well, too. right, because Contreras was fifty sixth. But I'm just right. saying, but I, but like he so he would be a starting caliber catcher by this metric alone. Yeah, I mean, looking at this, looking at the people above Zavala at nineteen, I see a couple backups. Yeah. You know, Danny Jansen, Jacob Stallings, Tomas Nito, uh, guys like that. So, um, so yeah, there's, there's some backups there. So, yeah, so where do we have to go to get to Yasmani Grandal as a blocker of wild pitches and or pass balls? Well, we have to go one from the bottom. Grandal is 65th out of 66 at this particular skill when it comes to being a catcher. And I always think about what Steve Stone has said many times. He's referenced Rick Dempsey, his catcher in Baltimore, that he knew with the bases loaded or a man on third, he could still throw that slider in the dirt and Dempsey would stop it. And that affected his confidence and ability to do whatever he needed to do the entire at bat in a very positive way. So imagine being a White Sox pitcher, being afraid that, a ball in the dirt could get by Grandal and cost you a run. Yeah, Stoney's line about Grandal was he prefers his catchers be able to catch the ball. <laughs> Which, you know, he's old school. It's a little harsh. Yeah, yeah, he has very, very high standards uh, for the position. So I'll sort from 2020 all the way through 2022 while you're thinking about this. Well, yeah. tell us who number 66 is. That's, oh. all, that's all I'm thinking about. <laughs> MJ Melendez of the Kansas City Royals. Other guys in the oh, bottom... No. Eric Ho- couldn't coach him up. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Haas, Joey Bart, Mike Zanino, uh, Jorge Alfaro, who still doesn't have a job, I believe. Look at that. James McCann all the way down at 58. So he wasn't necessarily great at that either. When the just wh- one season, right? So Grant Assault with some of these because a lot of those guys were injured. Rondal with a bad back. He's yes. not good. I'm not saying he's good, but I'm, he's not 65 out of 66 bad because he had a bad back and bad knees. Well, so that, that's what I was going to ask, Danny. So, so I, from 2020 to last year, where is Grandal? So I'm looking. There's a lot more catchers, That obviously. makes sense. But, yeah, control F, Grandal. Uh 91st 
uh, over the last three years for Yasmani Grandal. Does that make you feel better? Well, how many catchers is that? I mean, it's not great, obviously, but it's like it's like 300 catchers. Like, how many are we talking here? Wilson Contreras, 167th over the last three years. Man. Yeah, not good. Not good. Jan Gomes, fourth. Fourth over the last three years. Hmm. So, it, assuming the Cubs care about that kind of thing and have been looking at it, the Jan Gomes signing and eventually letting him do it, well, because okay, so right. Well, the, the Cubs clear- Tucker, Tucker Barnhart fifteenth over the last three years. So the Cubs are clearly doing an extreme emphasis on defense, run prevention, like we talked run, about yesterday. Run, run prevention, yes. Um, when the White Sox talk about needing Grandal to you know return to form, it's offensive. They're right. talking offense, absolutely. And we've talked a lot about how much Eloy is going to play in right. How many games do you think Grandal is catching? Um, I think, I a mean, a lot, right? I think a lot. I think a lot. He also likes to. Well, no, I, I know, but that, so I, and I'm he's just, good. I, at, he's good at certain aspects of it. He's good at the communication and talking to pitchers and and the framing uh, and the framing. Right, the framing is the thing he's probably most lauded yes. for. But and that's but that's a skill that's going to be obsolete again by by next year. Yeah, but and he's but also they just need him to be good this year. He's also a good dude in all those ways. Like that that thing that the White Sox released with Kopech and Ethan Katz and Grandal talking together. It's like it's clear that Grandal is part of building their confidence and all of that. Right. But so yeah, but I th- I'm just thinking about like when so they say he's gonna they they need him to return to form. They're talking offensive, mm-hmm. so they have just conceded if he starts a hundred games at catcher. Uh, yeah, right. That's a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but but you've got Eloy as your primary DH. Yeah, Va- uh, Vaughn obviously your primary first baseman. Right. I mean he he's gonna he's gonna start. He's gonna, they need him. Is bad in the lineup. They need his OBP. In, in the lineup. And he's one of those guys who ought to be helped by the shift rules. Um, the Athletic put out a thing today of, like, the player on every team that's going to benefit the most from the new rules. And Fegan wrote the White Sox part, and he said Grandal. Grandal said that as you're coming up in baseball, they're telling you to hit these low-line drives. Then all of a sudden, they start taking that away from you, and you're kind of trying to reinvent yourself all over again. We made it. We're out of it. Is Grandal's reaction to the shift rules going away? Yeah. Well, until he sees a left fielder come line up right behind the. the, the no, no, Theo's going to run out there and stop it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like that visual a lot. So who is that? Theo's made way too much money and has way too much power to have to run anywhere. He'll send a deputy out there. He's going to buzz send, Jed. I was going to say he can't send Jed yeah. anymore. Yeah, he could. You think so? Yeah. yeah Jed's like, oh, again. He's gonna, I'm he's, done being hazed. He's going to text Jed and say, can I borrow Carter? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's your designated runner now? What's his name? <laughs> Carter? Callum? What's his name? Just have him run Seriously, over there. Seriously. I mean, we make jokes, but that's how it works. Scott Harris was the guy who they used to send to go get cake. Yeah. You the know? cake guy. And now he's the, he's the president of baseball ops for the well, Detroit Tigers. They're all bros. They're all, you know. The, the cake guy is <laughs> running the Tigers. Yeah. What they call their frat? What do they call it? Oh, I forget. It was something really. Something awful. Really bro-y. Like, yeah. 
Phi Gamma Strike Zone, or it was like something so ridiculous. Oh my god! Do you remember though? You remember what I'm talking I about, do. right? They had, they had their house. They yeah. called. They had it. Was it was three Greek words hyphenated together? Phi Sinopleia. Phi Sinopleia. Yeah. In, in 2004. I, exactly. <laughs> I remember. Shane the, is cringing so hard. What about right what now. you guys say? Like I've heard that term before, but it never sounded so nerdy uh, as when you guys just said it, it right Phi now. Phi Sinopleia. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, but like to their credit. Yeah. They all ended up being huge big timers who ran, run franchises and have rings on their finger. Well, that's true. So you know what I mean? Like, at least they don't just like end up like working in accounting. And they were listening to a lot of the white stripes, a lot of Seven Nation Army. Sure, you know, and whatever you got to do to justify it. <laughs> Five sign up player. Uh, so Tony Larusa's taking notes with Jerry at White Sox camp, <laughs> but there was more. In the Bob Nightingale piece that I felt was uh, worthy of discussion as it relates to the, the culture of a present-day big league ball club. It's next on The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.